0: How's it going? My name is Rob and Ahmad, and we are going to be doing a Bible study podcast here with you where the reason why we're doing this podcast is we're going to be digging in uh, to the Bible. Um, Ahmad, he has been leading a class with the famous Steve Larson. Oh, yeah. And they've been teaching a Bible study methods class because we know the Bible can feel intimidating, um, but it doesn't have to be so. Um, And so there's a few tricks and tools, just like when you drive a car, you have to learn those tools, but eventually you don't even think about them anymore. Studying the Bible can be the same thing. There's a few uh, tips and some ways you can approach it. So we're going to do that. And uh, today is going to be a little different. The, pra- the past two times, we have fully prepared ourselves where we have notes, we have you know, a Google Doc we're working off of, of things that we've seen in the text. So when we record the podcast, you're kind of getting already in-depth analysis. We wanted to try something different today. We wanted to actually say, hey, you know what? We'll read the passage a few times, but we are going to kind of real-time pull things apart. So um, we, we think this is kind of more accurate of what a real-life Bible study moment would look like. So it's going to be a little different. So if you are interested in these methods, there's that class is going to be happening again. Um, I believe in the summer, summer school, summer school,
1: we will be starting in July.
0: That's right. You can look out
1: uh, on the app and our other methods of communication for when that exactly will happen. But uh, yeah,
0: that's awesome. Um, well, hey, can you pray for us? And then we're going to get into John chapter four. We're going to start in verse 30, no, 27.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Your word is truth. Your word is a light to our feet, Lord. So would you be with us right now uh, with me and Rob and for all those who are listening? Would you use your word to uh, just illuminate our hearts, Lord, to teach us more about you? To your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to read verses 27 to 30. Um, If you guys have a Bible, open it up. If um, you're listening to the if you're mowing the lawn or driving a car, just listening, um, we'll read here. Verse 27 of John chapter four. Just then his disciples came back. This is Jesus. He just met with the woman at the well. So just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or what are we talking? Why, why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of town and were coming to him. All right, man, what are some quick observations? We want to notice what the text is saying, different words. Maybe there's context, things going on here. What's some of the stuff you notice?
1: Uh, Yeah. Just right away that the disciples are like, why are you even talking to this woman, this particular woman?
0: Why does that matter? Does she just look weird?
1: (laughs) No, they're so they're in Samaria, right? And so he's talking to a Samaritan woman. Um, I don't know exactly how, you know, the differences of how they dressed and everything that they just knew each other, the difference between Jews and Samaritans back then, but they knew. And they're like, why is he talking to this Samaritan woman?
0: For sure. And, you know, I don't want to go into all of it, but the Jews and the Samaritans, they have a similar ancestry. So they kind of have the same history. Um, but if you read the other parts of the old Testament, there's all this history of the Northern kingdom and the Southern kingdom. Yes in the Samaritans, the best way to think of it is they are what's left over of the Northern kingdom that made all the decisions to basically kind of disobey God to do all the things he didn't want. Whereas, you know, the, what we have Israel here is what's left over of the Southern kingdom, which made a lot of similar choices, but kind of did a little bit better job. Yeah. They they still
1: kept their same temple that, that got established instead of erecting a new one and all that stuff.
0: For sure. And so now you have, fast forward, you have generations after generations of, now you just have this deep racial hatred. It's, yes. it's intense. Um. Someone I heard one time say, think of Samaritans as the way Europe would have viewed Nazi sympathizers. Mm. Of They had sold out, they aided and abetted the enemy, and they, you know, it wasn't necessarily the Nazis, but it was the people who helped them. It's yeah. like, how are we how other people would view them. That's how the Jews viewed the Samaritans. They were just less than in every way possible to the point of, we would just wish they would be better off dead. So it's intense. The fact that he's talking to Samaritan woman, this is a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Um, What else we see in here?
1: Yeah. uh, Just that immediately after what does the woman do? She goes, she runs into the town uh, and, uh, She's like, "Hey, come and see." And actually the people came, right? So she has this interaction with Jesus, and she talks to Jesus, he tells her that for the first time he's the Messiah, and then she actually goes back, you know, leaves her water and, and and goes into back to tell everybody, and it says in verse thirty that they went out of the town and were coming to him. So you have a bunch of people now coming to Jesus.
0: Okay, so here's Jesus, He's in Samaria. And he met this woman, but now all of a sudden, more and more people in the town are coming just outside of the town, you know, kind of area to see Jesus. Something that's interesting here that I also noticed is early on in the story, the part we did not read, um, you see that the woman basically is avoiding people. Yeah. And then now after her interaction with Jesus, there's a clear change where now she is chasing after people. Yeah. She once was trying to hide her past. But now she's actually saying, here's how I know this guy is legit. He knows my past, right? It, it, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing where theoretically the whole town knew her past, but somehow the knowledge Jesus had unlocked something for her. And so now we clearly see something in her is different. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's with this passage in particular, there's a lot that's in the text. And then there's a lot that you kind of have to, uncover from the text, especially with it, with the passage like this. Mm-hmm. So a of it is not said as much as that's said.
0: For sure. And the, the hardest thing on this one is just some of the cultural stuff that if you don't read additional books, cause we're, we're not, this is 2000 years ago. This is yeah. not our direct culture. This is not our history. There's so many things dissimilar. So we do need some help, but other things that you can just read in the Bible, just like, Hey, something seems different here. And that's, that's all we're really looking for. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep move a little faster here. Let's move to verse 31 Oh, to 38. Do you want to read this? It's a big section.
1: Yeah, I'll read it. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one mm. another, has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say... There are yet four months, and then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields uh, that are white with harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving the wages and gathering the fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that which you, have, which you did not labor. Others have labored, and now you have entered into their labor.
0: All right, so there's a lot happening here, but I want to point out just a funny thing in the beginning Um, because this is where I can see myself, where they're just like, hey, Jesus, you should eat something. And Jesus is like, I got food you don't know about. And I'm like, oh, man, you've been holding back snacks? Like, <laughs> like, I can see myself in this story here. This is me. I'm like, oh, dude, Jesus, you holding out? Yeah, you need to share? You got to pass oh, the gummy funny. bears, man. <laughs> it's like, oh. um, but then Jesus gets really spiritual. It gets very like, you know, He's speaking no longer in the literal, he's actually using you know, the idea of food to bring about the spiritual principle. So he brings it up a level um, and the disciples are still thinking about like fruit snacks. Um, but here he goes, he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Um, that, that's a big phrase. And he's basically saying, here's the thing that sustains me, right? He, he literally can't eat the will of God Um, But he's saying the the thing that sustains me is to do the thing that God has called me into.
1: Yeah. The whole purpose of eating is for sustenance, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, listen, what I'm doing right now, this is my sustenance. This is what I came to do. This is why I live. And yeah, just even the fact that the disciples were like, all these people are coming to him, right? They're hearing him. They're like, okay, they're sitting down at his feet, wanting to be taught. And the disciples are like, Hey, Jesus eat just shows me that they're just completely not understanding the moment
0: for sure. And as, as we're talking, I'm even realizing this, they're picking up where they left off. Jesus sent them into town to go get food. And now that they're back, they're just kind of like, well, dude, Jesus, you just told us to go get food. Here's the food. And then he's like, Hey man, I'm not about the food right now. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you just sent us in town to get the food. Like what's happening here. So like there's, there's some compassion in like the misunderstanding here yes. for them. Um, and as Jesus saying, like, really, I'm here to to do God's will. You're like, oh, okay, well, what do you mean by that? And then Jesus, he's getting these next few sentences. All of a sudden he starts to talk about harvest, right? And, and it's interesting. He says it, something about the father's will about accomplishing its work. And he says, Hey, there's, he says there's, there's times for harvest, right? Harvest isn't, you You don't get to harvest year round, there, even no matter what your crop is. There's going to be seasons where you're planting, seasons where it's growing, seasons where you reap it and seasons where you just have to kind of like, let it be for a bit. And he's saying, look right now, this is the harvest. This is the harvest. Here's what's interesting. Where are they looking at? Where, where are they right now? Yeah, if he's, in- if he's saying, open your eyes, look around, it's harvest time. Where is he right now?
1: Yeah. They're in Samaria. He's like, they're like, uh, these are the wrong people. Yeah. We, Jesus, did you come to save these people or our people?
0: Yeah. Right? Well, and It reminds me of going back to John three sixteen. right? For God so loved the world that whoever, whosoever, anybody, and he's saying the fields are ripe for harvest. And meanwhile, he's been clashing with all the Jewish leaders, with all the Jewish understandings, even clashing with his disciples, bits of racism in them. And then he's saying right here in Samaria, the place that's the wrong town, it's the wrong people who weren't born right. He's like, guess what? It's harvest. It's right here. Look at it. You can practically pull it off the tree. Yeah. It's that ripe.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it was even, it started out with the wrong woman, you know, just just everything about the, and so I just love, man, this really shows to me, God's heart. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So... uh, It's It's not coincidence that he talked to a woman who had five husbands. And when you think of that, a woman couldn't even uh, divorce her husband back then. So this is a woman who's been divorced by five times. So just downtrodden, you know, woman. And he is the, so she is the first one that he's like, yeah, I'm the Messiah. Right. He's in the wrong town. He's in the town that his people are supposed to hate. But he's like, no, I'm coming to you. And it's just so beautiful to me.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, 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 oh man, I'm going to, I don't want to just repeat you, but you just see that God, like his heart, that he has this compulsion to go to Samaria. He has a compulsion of, I must meet with this woman. But not only that, it's like, I must meet with this town. I'm not going to meet with the whole town. I'm going to meet through the town, through this, through the story of this woman, through her changed life. And guess what? That's the will of the father. That's the thing that sustains the son. His mission here on life isn't to, you know, it's, it's, it's being a doctor, not for the healthy people. It's being a doctor for the sick people. Yeah. Um, And he's saying, this is what sustains me. And then you you also see here, I'm going to, I'm going to move this along that. And one sows another reaps. He's talking about this harvest. Mm. He's saying, Hey, look, I sent you to reap for that which you didn't labor. Others have labored. You've entered into their labor. This, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump past the observation a bit, but like you see that he's, this makes no sense, right? If it's my farm, I'm the one who labors, or at least I hire the laborers. I'm the one who's in charge of the watering. I'm the one who does that. And when it's harvest time, guess what? That's my food. <laughs> and he's basically saying, guess what? You're here to harvest something but you weren't the one who planted it. You weren't the one who watered it. You weren't the one who monitored it and kept the weeds out. You're just the one who's going to walk by and, you know, pull off the fruit, pull off the orange or whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's this deep sense of not only are you, you know, is the harvest ripe, it's not even your harvest. It's God's harvest. You're the, you're the, you're the day laborer. You're You're the one that God's like, Hey, I need somebody to come over here. It's not your fruit, but you get to take it. Yeah, it's it's your hands that get to be the work. Um, But it's this weird sense of like, it's it's his. And he's saying like, this is the will of the father to see this happen, to see a spiritual harvest happen. All right, man, let's read uh, verse 39. Many Samaritans, I love that word. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So simple. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of this word. They said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we've heard ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. Whew. What do you see there, man?
1: Uh, yeah. You know, reading through this today, it, it really shows me um, just something that that just, jumps out to me is everything that, uh, it points out about the one's testimony, what you said, but now we've heard for ourselves. And so there's a lot, uh, talking here about hearing and believing, Mm -hmm. right. And, uh, if you, you know, if you skip ahead a little bit, uh, the next story, uh, is a man coming to Jesus who his son is sick and, uh, He says, Jesus, will you heal my son? And Jesus, his reply to him uh, before he heals the son is, unless you see signs, you won't believe. And I really just uh, today, just reading this and that just shows me that John is highlighting just these people right now and how much they just hear and then they believe. Like even uh, if you go back to the woman uh, uh, and her conversation with Jesus, she says, I know that Messiah, when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. And so it's enough for her just to be taught by the Messiah. And so she has it in her head that the Messiah is going to teach. And it's just so beautiful that these people haven't seen one miracle, right? And the whole town's coming to Jesus. And they, they believed because first her testimony, but now... Their conclusion is we've heard for ourselves. We haven't seen him do anything. We just heard him. And now we believe he's the savior of the world.
0: Yeah, no, it, it amazes me. As you were talking, I was just thinking of, I think there's such a big contrast here that we're supposed to see of who are the people who are responding to Jesus? It's not the people that were supposed to respond to Jesus. And that, that you know, supposed to in quotes, right? Yes. It's, Wow. The town of Samaria responds and is saved. This reminds me of the story of Jonah, right? Where the entire town of Nineveh, right? Was Jonah Jonah that good? No, Jonah was actually incredibly racist. And he literally, God saved his life so that he can go begrudgingly preach a very terrible message. He didn't want to tell. And then God completely revolutionized the city because God had been working, right? The harvest had been prepared. God had been doing something in advance. Jonah just happened to be the guy who walked by then here's Samaria. Even Jesus is a person who in some sense happened to walk by because God had already been at work because this town is ready. Yeah, The town is like somehow this woman's testimony who everyone rejected, everyone ignored her, everyone wanted her gone, insulted her. But her testimony was this key that unlocked, right? It's just crazy to see how this, this, they want to respond. They needed somebody. And ironically it was the most unlikely person, but Jesus has to also cross that barrier himself to go approach the woman, to go say, Hey, let's have a conversation. Let me ask you these things. Let's cut through, let's cut through it. Let's talk about your life. So,
1: yeah. And, and oh, it, it just, sorry, no, <laughs> and, and it, it. it really just, it shows the difference between God and man. Right. And to me, uh, if we were declaring the gospel right now, we would go uh, talk to the right people, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the most influential people that we could find who are already established and, you know, whatever can get the message out. Uh, but God, he's like, no, that is not how I do things. I don't see, uh, you know, nobody has uh, more, any, any less or, or more clout to God when he looks at humanity. Yeah. You know, we're all equal, but he, he cares about the heart and he sees the hearts and we don't. And so he goes and he talks to you a lowly woman and he goes to a lowly town.
0: Yeah. Yeah. God has this uh, strange tendency that he seems to want to value the most unlikely people. He'll put them in leadership, right? It's like, everyone's going to know that person ain't going to get the glory. Everyone knows it ain't their ability. It's me. Yeah, And he tends to seek the most unlikely people, right? We always tend to go to who has the most followers, who looks the best on Instagram, who could really, you know, broadcast God's message. If we could just harness that, then we got something going here, right? Now we got some gas in the engine. Let's go. And God tends to say, you know what? I don't need your influencers rating. Exactly. I, I'll use actually the person who is unlisted, the person who's been blocked, the person who's been all this, the person who you just walk by like, uh-uh. He's like, yeah, that's going to be the person who I'm going to use to turn this place upside down so I can win more people back home. That my love can suddenly they can realize and they can receive the message that they are loved, that they are deeply wanted by the Father, and he is eagerly anticipating them coming back home. I love it. So this passage, I feel like um, more than almost anything else in John up to this point, maybe I'll disagree with myself there too, but... (laughs) I feel like this one is jam packed where there are so much implications from these verses. So this is kind of the interpretation section where we want to think of like, okay, we've, we've observed things in the text. We've been already bleeding over a little bit, but what are some of the things that like the author here, the the John, the author, what does he want us to see? Right. Not just the, not just the details, but like what messages is John wanting us to see?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, we we've hit on it a little bit, but just, the The fact that God, he doesn't care. He doesn't care where you came from. He doesn't care uh, uh, what other people say about you. He wants the heart. He wants, you know, as as Jesus said, those who will come to him in spirit and truth, as he told the woman. And uh, it doesn't matter who your parents were or, or what you've done in your life. All that matters is, will you believe and follow me?
0: Yeah. No, I... I think that's an absolutely, but as I was thinking of this, I was, I was thinking that I almost feel we we, want to be careful. This is not, you know, we don't get to choose what we want something to mean, Yeah. but I also think the significance of this, of all these things are true, but I think depending on where you stand, this would hit you differently. Yeah. We know that's the case, but like to some people, like let's say you're already a follower of Jesus. I feel like that whole message of, look at how people want to respond to God, the father, the harvest is ripe, And there's a sense of, Hey guys, go get them, (laughs) get out there. What does John want to show us here? He wants us to see that. Guess what? If you open your mouth, people are going to respond to the gospel. They're ready. The harvest is ready. In the same sense. I also see this idea of like, Hey, for those of you who are doing that, don't compete with each other. It ain't your harvest. It's his harvest. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, I feel like there's also like, if you see yourself as like, Hey, I'm not necessarily the disciple he's talking to about getting the harvest. There's a sense of, Hey, what does it look like to share the gospel? Well, the woman's testimony is simple. It's Jesus knew all my wrong. That's all she's saying. He he told me everything I ever did. And like, apparently just that vulnerability of her saying, this is what my life was. Mm -hmm. And I think I met Jesus. I think I met the chosen one of God that was enough. Right. So there's the sense of like, Hey, it ain't about making yourself look like an influencer. In fact, the woman's vulnerability her humility, that's actually what couple you, you bring that with the gospel. And so I, I see there's all these different things, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, there's so many yeah, just talk Yeah. Talking about testimony, it goes to the power of a true testimony of this is what Jesus did for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is enough. We don't have to know all the, uh, uh, all the arguments, all the reasons why this little thing is in the Bible. Jesus changed my life. This is who he is. Go see for yourself.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's interesting. I mean, we're, we're getting off the passage a bit here, but like when we think of a testimony, often we think of, this is me showing people how God made my life better. That's not a testimony a testimony is this is what I was. Mm -hmm. And then this is who Jesus is. And now guess what? I realize who he, who he says I am. Now that's who I am now. Right. It's the testimony isn't that I'm the hero and look what, how I cleaned my life up and look how Jesus, you know, got me up to minimum, you know, beyond minimum wage and all this stuff. Like it's Jesus saw me exactly for who I was. And I finally saw myself for who I was. And then Jesus Loves me, yeah, and because of that, that's 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 a point of change in my life, and that's worth it. That's it, yeah, that's it. We don't we don't have to be the here. We don't point to our own morality. We don't point to our own goodness. That ain't the gospel anymore. That's now celebrity,
1: yeah, (laughs) yeah, and uh, it's so good. And just that, also hearing that was enough. Uh, We already Mm -hmm. talked about that a little bit, but um, I feel like so often. And it's great, you know. There, are, there have been times that the gospel came with power through the apostles, right? And we're like, "Oh, I wish, man, I could do things like that." But that—that's not needed. Just the truth of who Jesus is, truth of the gospel, what, how He's changed you, and what He's done for you, and just that.
0: I love it. Yeah so um we've talked about interpretation right where we just want to see what what are some of the things that is actually being said here what is it and we're talking about in uh i'm sorry we did observation what's going on interpretation what do these things mean now application is like well, how am i supposed to you know what am i supposed to do with this right if we're hearing the lord's voice we want to know what's he saying but then what am i supposed to do that's obedience so there there's something we are all supposed to do if you're listening in right now there's something God actually wants to communicate to you. And there's a direct response that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to apply that in some way. Um, so what are some application possibilities here that you see?
1: Yeah. the I mean, one of the obvious ones to me is just, if this is true, if, if this uh, share my testimony and uh, of, of what God has done or who Jesus is uh, and people will believe, you know, then if that's true 2000 years ago, is that true today? And is that what God wants me to do? And I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just for, th- for the believer who's already, you know, who's already come to Jesus. And when we read this passage, this woman went to everybody, right? She didn't say, Oh, I, I need to go to this neighbor because he's, uh, has this skill or, or I think he'll really believe she just went and told everybody. And, you know, when you just go and you, and you just say, you know, this is who Jesus is and that's just part of uh, your operating, your operating method, like people are going to come, right? Yeah. It's when we pick and choose, I oh, know I need this one person. And this one person over here yeah. and, you know, six years later, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to, see that much of a harvest, but Jesus, God is working on people right now. He is always, he's always working on people. Right. And so that's what, part of what he's saying to his yeah. disciples. Like the harvest is there. If you'll go out and yeah. there's fruit to be picked, just go.
0: Yeah, man. I, I think for me, um, I think we, you know, we, we trust Jesus for our salvation. Because we recognize, hey, when I die, I, I don't really have any more agency anyways. So what happens after I die, like, Jesus, please help me because I'm just dead. I don't, so I need you for that. And so as a Christian, sometimes I think our theology for the afterlife is like, sure, why not? It's that fire insurance thing. That's, that's an easy trust because I, I, what else am I going to do anyway? But the idea of now I'm going to start trusting Jesus and change the way I live now. Yeah. Somehow, even though that's the exact same trust, I don't think you can have one without the other it feels more like there's more weight to it. And I think, okay, so Jesus, I'm going to trust you. So I'm going to start obeying you. I'm going to start living my life. But then even for me, what I recognize in this, sorry, it's a long intro for my saying, is that I need to also have that same trust that what Jesus says is true when it comes to mission. Yeah. Right? If God really is a father, if he really is seeking the world, if he really has a whosoever, if there really is a Holy Spirit who is going out and who is warming hearts and who is you know, get into the theology of election, who is who wants to save people and the grace of God is there and they're literally just waiting for someone to walk up. I think of the book of Acts, right? With uh, Philip and the eunuch, a guy's like reading the scroll of Isaiah. He's like, I just need someone to tell me what's going on here. It's like, yeah, I, I need to trust that God is in that moment and that by me opening my mouth or by me walking up to the chariot or for me approaching the woman at the well, realizing that, God is actually looking for workers. He's looking for someone who's willing to say, I'm willing to pull some fruit. Yeah. I, I'm not in charge it's of there. the harvest. It's his. Yeah. But if I actually believe that in my mission, all of a sudden, the fear of rejection, some of those other things, it goes massively down. Yeah. It's, it's not about you. It's not about you. No. God is going to
1: save people. Yeah. He just tells us to tell people about him. Yeah. If we believe that, then we'll tell people. And he wants us to do that.
0: Um, I, I'm going to go one step further. I'm, I'm, I'm not done yet. Because the, the most influential person, right, it's Jesus. That's obvious. But then it's the most unlikely woman he uses to save the unlikely town, right? And so I think yes. often we we assume I need to become more qualified before I start to open my mouth. Yeah. And it's almost like I, I think in our culture, sometimes our qualifications almost get in the way. Where it's like now that you you feel You know, you can stand on your own two feet. It's like, actually, now you're making it about you as opposed to about Jesus again. And there's this beauty of the woman and just her, you know, I'm going to assume she does a completely terrible job. That is the most effective testimony in the world (laughs) because she's untrained. She knows nothing. She actually has her theology. She has a lot, you know, she, she kind of has some vigor. She's not an unintelligent person, but she ain't leading with her intelligence. She's just leading with her story of just like, man, you guys know me? He did too. And he actually loved me.
1: Yeah. So good. Um, And just another application just for uh, anybody who might be on the fence or anything like it, just going back to God's heart. We, you know, a lot of times get it wrongly in our head that God wants the good. God, you know, we have to change and fix ourselves up before uh, we can come to him. And God just right here, John putting this down showing God's heart and saying, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. Jesus wants you come to him and he'll, he'll change you. He'll show you that he loves you. Uh, it's just, I, I just love God's heart here.
0: Yeah. You know, I, it, there's so many things I want to keep talking, but I actually want to like <laughs> bring us to a close here. Um, For you guys who are listening in, we're we're recording this for your benefit. Um, I think there's plenty more applications that could be there because the reality is God, his word is timeless. The spirit is with you. And so he might want to be bringing something out to you, right? There's entire, you know, overtones here of how racism gets in the way of the gospel. There's overtones of just the beauty of what Jesus is doing, of how this woman is seen. There's so many things. And so I kind of want to almost talk to you in in your earbuds here that... God wants to say, he's saying something to you in this moment. And the question is, what do I need to do in that? Right? There's a good chance his invitation, right? Maybe he's challenging you. Maybe he's inviting you into something different, but there's something that we need to respond. We don't want to just learn something about the Bible. That's how we become Pharisees. Yeah. Um, We need to actually let this change us and open ourselves up to the spirit and say, yes, Lord, I hear what you're saying right now to me. I'm willing. And I want to do. I'm going to do something. Even if the do is like, God, I need to say, I'm sorry to you first. So uh, let me close this in prayer and then I will shut it down. Jesus, we thank you so much that um, this event happened 2000 years ago. John wrote it down, you know, a couple decades after that. But here it is changing us right now as we talk. Um, God, I, I man, Lord, I apologize for the ways that I walk in unbelief at times that your spirit is not involved and is not preparing lives in front of me. God, um, I, I pray that you would be a person, Lord, that would um, change our life. Lord, we don't want to just read this scripture. We want to see ourselves in it, and we want to be more like you. So, Jesus, um, change us. In the name we pray. Amen. Amen.